Hello, hello. We are live. So welcome to the Jet Jump Seat Podcast. My name is Mike Fokey. So today is the very first show, and I have a very special guest. And would you like to introduce yourself, hey there, sir? Yeah, my name is Cisco, uh, a good friend of Mike's. Uh, we were um, on the Jet program at the same time. He he did uh, longer than I did. Uh, I think what did you do, Mike? Five? You did the full five years. <laughs> I did do the full tour. So I was um, an Ibaraki Prefecture Jet, and I was 2009 to 2014. I was in Tochigi, which is uh, north of Ibaraki. I think they're touching, right? They're adjacent. Yeah, they were touching. (laughs) I I can't remember. It's been so long. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I think I was just north of Mike like an hour or so. How how long were you in the jet program? 2012 to 2014. 14, I think. I think it was only two years for me. Okay. Nice. Yeah, two years is long well, enough, actually, right? Well, actually, I wish I'd stayed longer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah? Yeah, really? Looking back. Yeah. yeah it was, uh, I, I had really good experiences with the Jet. Um, oh, by the way, I have my beer right here, Lafe, but Cisco, come on, hey, no beer. I didn't know this was a drink and, mm. drink and talk. <laughs> drink and party. Well, if we bring you back again for a special podcast return, then I'll make sure you get the beer ready. So give me a heads up. Um, awesome. So, I mean, I, I look back on my, you know, experience in Jet, and I'm, I'm pretty fond of that experience. I think I had a really good time. Oh, yeah. Man, How about it's you? Seriously, the best uh, experience I've had in Japan, hands down. And I've lived there three different times and uh, have traveled there extensively um total times i've been to japan i don't i don't even know but i've lived there three different times and jet was was hands down the the best time i know right like i run into people who've been in a jet program like i was in toronto at a a a job fair for international teachers and one girl was like sitting down near me and we started to chat and i was like oh you know i lived in japan or she asked me like what'd you do in the past and I uh, got the topic of Japan, and, and she was like, oh, I was a jet, too, for a year. And, and she's like, why did we ever move away? <laughs> yeah. I so, mean, I, you know, I, I miss Japan. I get that feeling, too. Like, you know, because you, you, when you're on jet, you're like pretty much most people are fresh out of college. Not everybody. But I had just finished uh, my master's degree and um, then just went into it. So it was my first, you know, experience really in the in the world on my own. Cisco, you, you were hardcore, man. Weren't you like in the midst of completing that degree? No, no, no. Uh, I, I had there? just completed it like six months prior to going. And um, I, well, I, I worked a okay. little bit before I went on jet. I worked like, I worked at some universities and uh, like ESL programs and stuff. But that was during my graduate degree okay. or, or just briefly after that. But no, so really jet was, uh, I think my point was that you were saying people who, who leave, um, or finished yet, they they usually want, wish that it had lasted longer. And at least that's been my experience. That's how I feel, and the people I talk to feel the same way. Yeah, life was good, right? I mean, they paid us fairly well. We had fairly nice apartments. Well, I got to say my apartment um, was old. I don't want to give anyone a, a false uh, yeah. image of, of, <laughs> of what it's like. Like, I, I really had a, a really bad apartment, um, and uh, it, it was What's just about very it? old. Tell and um, very cold, okay. and the walls were very thin. I, and I know that's that may be the case for many apartments in Japan, 
But just the building itself looks like it had been there mm. a long time, and I could hear my neighbors mm. having sex or fighting with this wife. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. Exciting. <laughs> it sucked in in that sense, but um, but it was a two bedroom, and it had nice tatami rooms, and uh, but but it was furnished, but everything was very very old. I guess when you're moving there, you appreciate that there's some utensils for you to use, and there's a table and everything, but at the same time. It was, it was all old stuff. <laughs> yeah, I kind of had a similar experience. Uh, my predecessor <laughs> and I, apparently my past like two or three predecessors lived in the same apartment. And it was like the top floor of, of a small building. Maybe I think it was four or five flights with no elevator. I had to like walk all the way up there every day. So I was in like really good shape. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had like old shit in my apartment. I had like weight. Good thing I had like weights and stuff, but I had all kinds of crap in there. Um, and and I had like a two. It was a two LDK. So or no, I'm sorry, two K. So I had a kitchen, and then I had a small room, and then I had a bedroom. So my bathroom was the size of an airplane toilet, uh, and I'm a big dude. I'm six foot and two thirty. So you know, I'm like kind of jumping around to get in there and out. Um, but it, you know, luckily I ended up moving to a much nicer apartment. Wait, Did you, you stay in your moved? apartment? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? You, you talk about your, hearing your roommates have sex. I mean, you're um, the folks next to you having sex and stuff and, and it's crazy. probably it's actually being loud all day. I could hear. And the people next to me, I could hear them fighting. Oh, they fought a lot. Ooh. yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, I, I didn't good. know. Like they, I think I asked them about it, and it was kind of like mm, they didn't really want me to do it, you know. So I just let it go. Cause um, oh, oh, Cisco, Cisco, no, no. You, you should have. What I did is I just complained every day. I was like, oh, I'm so tired. Like, like you got to kind of go around in a circle in Japan, right? Nothing's like straightforward. Like in America, you'd be like, my apartment fucking sucks. I want to move and. You would move, but Japan, it's like a circle. I gotta be like, oh, I'm so tired. My roommate or my next door neighbors are having <laughs> sex or playing video games. Yeah, all no, day. I just I figured it wasn't. <laughs> fun. You know, it would have been nice if they let me, but I wasn't gonna push it. You know, I just I just mentioned to them that a okay. few of the problems and and especially with the neighbors fighting because one time the wife ran into my apartment. Yeah. I had the door open. And she ran in there and the oh my police God. came and the police were interviewing her and, and she locked her husband and I'm like out of my apartment and I was like, Hey, what the hell's going on? Like, I, I, why did you come in here? <laughs> and the police come interview her in my apartment and, um, my wife now, but she was my, my fiance at the time was, uh, just kind of trying to calm her down and console her. But we, we believe she was mentally ill. Like, uh, we're not sure what it was and, and we're not even sure if the husband did anything bad, uh, because when, it, when we heard the yelling, it's always, Jesus. um, but yeah, so that mm. was, you know, th that's why I wanted to move, you know, cause of stuff like that. But, um, gotcha. <clears throat> uh, but I just let it go, man. You know, I just like, Oh, whatever, you know, it's, and, and I only did two years. If I had done yeah, five years, I would be scared. I <laughs> yeah, I kind of pushed it after my first year. I pushed it a little bit because I was like, you know, just not happy here, and I'm paying a little too much. I found a cheaper apartment closer to the station, and it was full of foreigners at the time. So I was like, well, mm -hmm. this sounds fun. Why not? Um, and then you know, like 
I ended up dropping those hints and my supervisor one day was like, Mike, uh, do you want to move? And I was like, yes, please. And he's like, okay. Is that the place? <laughs> is that the place? I'll put the paperwork in. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Plates, man, that was awesome. So, <laughs> yes, you like those? Oh. You probably want to explain what those are, man. Oh, those are wonderful. So, yeah, garbage plates. Uh, it's like a Rochester tradition. So I live in Rochester, New York. And, um, you know, there is a restaurant called Nick Tahoe's here. And it's been on national news and stuff. And some students from local colleges used to go to this kind of dive restaurant, you know, in the middle of the city. And they would ask the, the guy, this is in the 60s, mind you. They'd say, ah, oh, give me all the garbage you got, you know, left. So they'd scrape off some uh, hash browns, you know, potatoes and some mac salad. They'd throw a couple burgers on top and some onions and hot sauce. And then, bam, yeah, you got a garbage good. plate. I don't know how it so, sounds when food. you're listening to Mike explain it, but it's actually really good. <laughs> yeah, Google it. It's amazing. So it'll mm-hmm. change your life. <laughs> I, was, I remember it was, I think it was winter. Oh, man. We had those, huh? We were in your apartment. I also made, I also made enchiladas, remember? That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. You did. So, I think you ate like 10 of them. I was like, damn. <laughs> I know, cool. dude. It's really nice. Uh, you know, Mexican sauce. So. <laughs> Yeah, you were like, hey, I'm just a white boy, so apparently I can yeah, no, cook good. some Mexican, man. So I'm glad you enjoyed them. Um, yeah, no, but yeah, you're, you had a nice apartment. I do remember that. I like that. Yeah, pay, paid a little bit of uh, money for that, but it was worth it. You know, I had kind of a little dojo in there. I'd like work out in there and stuff, and it was great. Um, I had a 3DK, and, uh, you know, I had lots of room. Like people, people say, oh, I live in this tiny apartment in Japan. No. I was in, you know, the countryside in Ibaraki pretty much. And, you know, I was able to get a nice apartment. Yeah, I was lucky. Ibaraki is nice. Yeah. Ibaraki was cool. But Cisco, let me bring it back to the beginning of Jet. Let's let's go back to the beginning. Like, how did you hear about Jet? Man, I, I honestly think I found out about it by myself, like looking on the internet when I was in high school. Because I knew back then that I was interested in, you know, I was interested in teaching and I was interested in Japan, and I knew that I would like to go there. I think I just found a website, and it said, it, you know, this was like in 2000, 2003, 2004, something like that. Um, and I just kind of knew about it. And then I went to school. Uh, I got my bachelor's uh, in Japanese, um, and I, I thought, wow. you know, what am I going to do after this? Um, I well, and I thought, well, you know, if I do go teach in Japan, I'd, I'd like to have some training. So I, I went ahead and got a TESOL master's degree and, um, um, nice. and after, like I said, after that, that's how I, I, I went uh, to Japan. So really I had just kind of always known about it. You know, no one told me or recommended it. Um, I just kind of knew about it. Yeah. Sweet. There you go. Nice. For me, well, for me, let's see, I was an undergrad and I uh, took a Japanese language class. I, I kind of always had this interest in Japan because I was into karate. So I've been doing that my whole life uh, since, I think, 89, 88. So good 30, 35 years of training, but um, kind of sparked my interest in Japan. Didn't really know any Japanese people until I went to undergrad. And uh, part of our classes we had to take is, is like two arts classes. So I took a dance class. 
Uh, one of my friends is like, oh, Mike, you're flexible and you like to, you know, athletic, you should take this class with me. So I did. It was fun. <laughs> a lot of girls in there. So uh, one of them was a Japanese girl from uh, Tokyo. And we got to be friends. And she ended up saying, hey, Mike, you know, um, I had English teachers when I was in Japan in high school. And they were in the JEP program. You should look into that. So I did. And applied and didn't get in, man. Boo. Oh, you <laughs> they didn't want once me. and didn't get in? Yeah, right after undergrad. So, yeah, I, I uh, applied. I, I kind of half-assed <laughs> the application and everything. So I, I found out about it, and then I had a week to get things together. This was finals week, mind you. And I was frantically typing you know, an essay and trying to get my stuff together for that and got rejected. So kind of sat in the back of my mind for a few years. I worked a little, and then I ended up going to graduate mm -hmm. school for teaching. And after I finished grad school, so I earned an MS in education and was like, I'm going to give it another shot. You know, I don't want to move down south and be a teacher there. Couldn't find a job in New York. Economy was tanking hard, hard in 2009. You know, they had the whole uh, crash yep. for the housing market. So like, maybe this is a good time to get the heck out. So I applied and... Got hired, man. So how many years after <laughs> uh, you had graduated? So you graduated, worked a bit, went to grad school, got a master's in teaching. Then you went after yep. that? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yep. No. So I had a short break. I was, I was pursuing other things and it mm. didn't work out. But so I went to for teaching. for the listeners or whoever, this is uh, aimed at people who are interested in JET, right? So uh, am I correct? Okay. Yeah, anybody interested in JET. Yet. So mm -hmm. um, we shouldn't Correct. give them the false impression, like, because you got a master's and got in, and then I had a master's and got in. But most of the people that True. go don't have master's. They have, like, bachelor's degrees, right? Or has that changed? Have they changed the requirements? No. Or I, I just looked at the requirements, and uh, it's just a bachelor's. Okay, it's still the same. Basic bachelor's. It can be any discipline. Anything beyond that is helpful, no. but it's not required. Because most of the people that I met on Jet were right. yep. like they had the four year bachelor's. That's it. They didn't. They hadn't done more than that. So hopefully people aren't discouraged from uh, applying. Yeah. Yeah. Please apply. Like like uh, to be honest, I yeah. I mean, I was a mm. full out teacher. I was gung ho about it, <laughs> especially when I first got to Japan. And you know, but a lot of the people I met, I would say at least. 60% did not have any sort of interest in teaching or, you know, uh, before getting into JET, they didn't have experience teaching. So some of them were bio majors, chemistry, like it was all kinds of stuff, English. So you don't need it. Yeah, I think um, most of the people that I met were, it was just kind of, they weren't, they weren't planning on becoming teachers after that. It was just something they wanted to do for a year or two. And then um, they wanted to you know, move on or, or they used jet as a, as a uh, way to get their foot into Japan. And then they branched out into other, uh, they learned Japanese really well. And then maybe they got a job at a Japanese company or, yep. or opened a business or something like that. Well, Jet was a great springboard for people. You know, they would get in and, and do a couple of years and like you said, learn a language and then they would jump yeah. into and other careers. I think careers. Jet is a great so. way to do that if you can because it, you're really secured. Um, it's mm -hmm. through Mext, 
which man is like what ministry of education and blah 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 i don't remember what the whole acronym means but um basically it's yeah. a secure job and you can do it for at least three years mm. um if not five and i don't know if that has changed but that's how it was when when i was there yeah, it was kind of guaranteed, right? You you couldn't really, unless you drove drunk or, you know, did something idiotic, but you got to three years pretty mm-hmm. much, you'll renew your contract, right? And they don't like so That's what happened to me. Like I, if you're I, a good teacher, they'll ask you to stay. Like I know um, yep. they, because for them, it's a hassle, you know, to have to replace, get somebody new every year or every couple years. So if they got somebody they like and, and, uh, you're working out for them. They'll, they'll, they'll want you to just stick around the five years. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you're kind of, you the pay's good. You know, we, I think when I finished all my taxes for the U S I was somewhere around 42 to 45,000. Cause you know, they were uh, paying my half of my rent. Um, I was saving on that. They were paying, uh, it might've changed. So I, I heard that they've cut some of these benefits now. But uh, were they paying your rent? Um, I don't think so. I uh, I don't remember. Really? I'm pretty sure wow. they didn't. Okay. But huh. yeah, okay. It might have been your prefecture. I'm not sure. Um, and and for anyone listening, you know, everyone sort of has a different experience with jet. It depends on your prefecture. Your BOE it depends yeah. where you're you know located. Mm-hmm. Depends if you're a high school jet versus junior high or elementary, mm-hmm. right? So, um, yeah, I mean, it it varies a lot. So these are kind of our experiences and, you know, I can't really speak for other people except for, you know, folks who are my friends and, and I heard about their situation versus mine. So, um, yeah, interesting, interesting stuff. Um, so Cisco, like, uh, so tell me, so you applied, what was the interview process like? Um, man, it was from what I remember, I think for jet, you, you start the application in September or you turn, it's like a nine month process. Right. And then I think like in May or yep. June or some, I don't know, somewhere around there, you kind of uh, figure out <clears throat> whether or not you were going and where you're going, but just, um, you just want, you're specifically asking about the interview. Yeah, like what was the process? I've heard people have had different experiences. Like some people have had like grammar tests and stuff. Like, like where did you interview? And, and I don't, honestly like? don't even remember. Like it was somewhere in LA. <laughs> um, maybe it was at the Japanese embassy or consulate there. And uh, there was like three or four people on the interview uh, board. And I just walked in, sat in a chair. They were at a table. And um, they just kind of get to know you. Um, they said, like, whoa, Cisco. Damn, oh, we need to hire this guy. <laughs> He's bald. <laughs> He's yeah, the man. I'm, I'm He's the man. I'm not bald anymore, but man, I was, never was bald. Not no, you have hair now? now. <laughs> I thought you sh- you, you don't have it shaved anymore? You're not my bald brother anymore. It, Jesus, it's easy to Cisco. go back to no. that, though. Um, yeah, you're lucky. I can't grow it anymore. So I figured I'd bald. better grow it out before I go bald, <laughs> so I know what it feels like to actually have hair. Um, no, but they um, awesome. Uh, it's 
to be fair, I, I don't really remember too well the details of the interview. I just know that it was just kind of asking me some you know questions about getting to know me, why I want to go, why I'm interested in Japan. Um, they were happy. Mm-hmm. They were happy that I had a degree in TESOL and a degree in Japanese because it shows an interest in, in one, what I'm going to be doing and two, an interest in the place that I'm going. So I think that really played in my favor. Awesome. Yeah. You were like the perfect candidate. I feel like so for me, I mean, did they make you teach a practice lesson or anything? I don't think so. I don't think so. Do you remember doing that? Okay. Yeah, see, for me, they did. Like, I, I was, like, prepping all this Japanese, and I'm like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And, uh, <laughs> you know, my interview is in Japan or in uh, the Japanese mm-hmm. consulate in New York City. So I, it's New York six hours from Rochester. So I, I drove out there. Um, lucky for me, one of my buddies lived out there, so I kind of bunked up with him in Manhattan. And I was lucky, you know, I could stay there. It was free. And I ended up going for the interview. Of course, I'm nervous as hell. <laughs> and I'm wearing a suit, you know. And, you know, I've heard people, if you ever heard that people showed up in flip-flops and t shirt not, I don't remember hearing that, but that's that's surprising. Did that happen? This is America, man. This is how we dress now. Somebody told me that. They're like, oh, I saw people, like, hmm. dress down like, for interviews for this, which shocked oh, me. That's weird, because you think they would. I don't know. I mean, it's Japan, man. Like you got to be dressed in a suit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, like here's a hint guys. If you're listening and you're interviewing soon, wear a suit, an appropriate suit. Like, I'm sorry, ladies, like you cannot wear a super short, short skirt. Like I don't recommend that. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm not, I haven't thought about that because look professional, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Yeah. I would probably wear, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. Just look professional. That's all we can say. You know, look it up. Google it. Um, for guys, you know, shirt, tie, jacket. Um, just look look the part because they're, they're looking to hire and, and they want to see that you can yeah. be a professional person. So, you know, but for me, I had to teach. <laughs> they were like, okay, we want you to teach a lesson right now. We'll give you five minutes to prep. And they were like, teach us about a holiday. So we're going to play students. Like they role-played students. Um, And, you know, I don't remember what I did. I think I did Halloween. (laughs) And um, I did a little warm-up and then a basic lesson that made them speak to each other. And then that was it. Like it was on the fly because I really wasn't expecting to have to, you know, teach a lesson. So if I knew that ahead of time, of course, I would have like prepped a lot for that but you know they might ask you that like teach us something um it'll be something basic most likely but i got the job i don't know why they hired me they must have saw you know i was pretty confident in that and um i spoke a little japanese i remember oh, yeah, they definitely asked the people were definitely super was nice some questions were some questions in japanese but it was minimal in mine how about you how much of it was in japanese like they just asked me to do a self introduction. They're like, you know, can you? Do you know any Japanese? We see you took a Japanese class from your transcripts, uh, and then I was like, I can introduce myself. I can, you know, I could say what I like to do, what I don't like, mm-hmm. like just really basic stuff. 
they, they seem to like that. So they're like, all right, this guy's yeah. cool. <laughs> so I w- then, then uh, like, how long did it take you? Like, did you get a packet in the mail? How did they contact you? Dude, I don't remember, dude. <laughs> Honestly, I, I like, I'm like trying to yeah. think back. Right. I'm sure I got something in the mail. I, do they phone mm-hmm. call? I think I don't think they phone called me. I, I got a giant pack in the mail with the jet logo on. I was like, oh shoot, I made it. Um, and I did. So I was really excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, then it was the waiting game after that. Yeah. So what how about like your placement? Do you remember anything about your placement or how, how um, you ended I up? I definitely in like I put Yokohama as like my first choice. And I think I I think after Yokohama, I okay. think I put Osaka and then Fukuoka. So I had like three different areas. Okay. And I just said Kanto. If you can't do Yokohama, I just really want to be in Kanto. Kanto is where I like to be. Um, and uh, they actually did put me in Kanto, not Yokohama, but they put me in uh, Tochigi, uh, the southern part of it. So I was in Oyama, which is only like, what, like an hour and a half at most, hour, 10 minute train ride to Tokyo. And yeah, we were lucky, right? We were well, ready to Shinkansen. It was so. like regular train. Like uh, it wasn't it wasn't mm-hmm. that far from 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 there. And you know, I'm glad I wasn't put in Tokyo to be honest, because um, it's too busy. Yokohama would have been okay, expensive, but but uh, or would have been yeah. great actually. But yeah. I, I find Tokyo too busy. Mm-hmm. Me too. Uh, just too busy, too much going on, too expensive. Like you're going to spend a crap load of money on rent. And we, I feel like we lucked out because it, it was so cheap to live in, in Ibaraki, Tochi. Uh, right? Yeah, actually that is the other benefit. And, um, you know, I had a bigger apartment than if I would, I'm sure that if I'd lived in a more urban environment, I would have lived in a smaller place and maybe for more mm-hmm. money. So there's always the advantage of that to go more rural. I think I paid five hundred bucks a month, maybe less. It was like four twenty, somewhere around there, uh, for my apartment. How about you? What like was your five cost? Five and six hundred a month. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty similar. I mean, you know what? Some of my friends lucked out and got teacher housing. Holy shit! They paid like ten bucks a month. <laughs> you did any of the jets mm, in your area get that teacher housing? How nice is it? Yeah, it, it was sort of like 1960s, mm. like 1960s communist Europe bomb <laughs> that factory. Sounds like Think shit. That. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of was, but I mean, like I visited my one buddy Chris, and he was a UK jet. So <laughs> it just sounds and terrible. <laughs> and then we walked up this building. I was like. This looks like a 1960s communist <laughs> era bomb factory. Where do you live, man? Oh, and he took me up there, and and then it was actually not too bad. He had basically so a 2K. Better on the inside than the so outside. two rooms in a kitchen. Yeah, yeah, like that, <laughs> definitely. Just, it was like a lot the of concrete you know, this, and 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 they don't have much in the way of yeah design or like aesthetic. It's, it's just. It just looks like a concrete box. Some of the, some of the apartment complexes. Right? I mean, I've seen. There's nice house. There's tons of yeah. beautiful architecture in Japan, but they do have those concrete buildings that are depressing oh, yeah. too. So, yeah. yeah. But he, uh, 
yeah, he, he saved a shitload of money. I mean, he must have came home with a suitcase of money from that place. So he was lucky uh, in that respect. Um, but, you know, apartments... I, overall, I thought apartments were okay. Like, my... Was well, your apartment it has, cold? You mentioned well, I mean, cold. That's, it's common. Like, that tell me more no, about that. Like central heating or cooling in most um, housing. But, you know, I had to use a kerosene heater, which fucking sucked. I'm not going to lie. And then uh, just the smell oh, of it and everything. Yeah. Um, no. You get used to it though, right? You get high a little bit. You know, too. I, I never get a little high the first it, time. I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> so cold. Really? I, used the, I think I used, wow. they had a kerosene heater. I think I bought something like a, some kind of electric heater of some kind. But um, I was worried about my electric bills. Did you have like a ACE, like one of those big AC oh, heater the, units? The inverters? The, or uh, what, what is that called? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had an AC unit that would do heating and, and cooling, but it was it was like attached to the wall. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know what you call, it, but yeah, yeah, um, I don't know either. It's like a big unit. Like it, it like I used to sit in there in aircon, and in the summer it was freaking hot as balls in Kanto. So I would turn that thing on and like I put a sleeping bag down. I would sleep in my living room because it was yeah. so cool in there. Um, and then, you know, winter crank that yeah. heat up. So. I mean, you know, like other than my apartment being old though, it did not look like a 1960s bomb factory or whatever the hell they said. <laughs> uh, you know, I lived, I lived next to like this, like ice patty and then there was actually a nice, some nice homes around me and it was, you know, I can still remember everything in my head. Like there was a, some kind of yeah delivery. I think, I don't know if they delivered paper or made paper or I don't know what they did, but it was some kind of delivery company in front of my apartment. Um, and it was, it was pretty, it was, a, I mean, there was, you know, that little rice paddy and then just some nice little houses and, um, you know, I, I have good memories of the place despite that it was, you know, cold in the winter, but, um, yeah. Well, get this. My apartment was so cold because there, there really isn't, a lot of and there's an insulation really right in the walls um i was sleeping and i'm bald right so i had like a <laughs> one of those yeah. heater blankets right denki mofu and i turned over and my pillow was so cold <laughs> that it woke me up it literally woke uh, me the fuck up i'm like damn what's going on <laughs> And I realized that, and it, yeah, that was kind of the negative point of, of apartments there. Um, I mean, I wish, like in Hokkaido, they have like heated floors and, and stuff like that. I wish Dude, my I apartment go had to that. That's like, Would've been nice. That's the one, um, one of the places I haven't been yet. I haven't been to really. Shikoku. Oh man, it's beautiful. Okay, I haven't been to Shikoku either, but Hokkaido, I did. Uh, a bunch of us did a ski slash. Um, it, they have like the snow mm-hmm. festival up there, Yuki Matsuri. In Hokkaido, have you heard of that? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty neat. I mean, they had oh, like yeah, ice sculptures and like light. It was a gigantic Disney one with like Disney faces. Uh, it was cool, uh, and I I skipped the ski part yeah. and just did karate. <laughs> so I was like, "Fuck this! I'm going to go train. Mm-hmm. This is my opportunity uh, to beat new people." And um, had a good time at the dojo up there. And for everybody listening, I, I mean, I'm big into martial arts. I do kyokushin, karate, judo, and kendo. Uh, and Okinawan weapons. 
So I've been around. Um, Cisco, I mean, you did yeah, martial I mean, arts too, right? You know, you know that I've done judo because we did that together in Japan. Um, yep. You know, judo is kind that of was the fun. thing I focused on, but I've got a little experience in like Muay Thai and uh, some Kung Fu uh, and uh, mostly that's about it. Um, but mostly just focused on judo. <laughs> yeah. It's good enough. <laughs> You're like a lethal weapon, Cisco. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, did you do yeah, judo yeah, before coming to Japan? For, I've done judo since I was 20. Um, and then, uh, nice. The other stuff I did in high school. But um, I haven't done judo for a long time. Like, it's been, like, it's been probably, like, five oh. or six years now. It's never too late, friend. You can get <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, I mean, it. that's 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 true, man. Um, but you know, all 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 I do now is just and you earned your do I do Muay Thai. I set up a bag in my garage and just I just practice striking. But um, it's time, you know, just work and stuff, dude. Um, like you know, getting ready to go yeah. to the dojo and then you know you spend time there and then and then like you said, like as you, you were gonna ask me if I was a black belt, like as a black belt, then like they'll want you to teach and, and, and they'll want, you know, it, it just takes more time than mm. I have right now. So, um, yeah, I get that. It's hard. Like I, me too. I've got some bags in my house and got a couple of dojos in my area, but nothing really like I had Japan. Um, and I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of jets out there that join because they want yeah, to do Yeah, and I was going to tell you, right? you should talk about that because I know both of us were able, you know, extracurricular activities. Why don't we, why don't we just talk about that? Like for the people that are like, not just yeah, martial yeah. arts, but like all the other clubs yeah. that are, are there. So like part of being a jet was doing uh, like some, most of people have English club. You have to kind of join because they sort of make you. Um, like it's, it's not usually, usually you, you can't, they'll be like, Oh, do you want to do the English club? But they mean, yes, you're going to do the English club. <laughs> um, but yeah, were you required yeah, to do that? High schools, but, um, okay. not at, not at every school, but basically if they ask you to do anything English related, you should just do it because why, why would you not <laughs> like, what else are you, what else are you there for? Yes. I mean, I know, right. This is to help them with English. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. I felt like a lot of jets were there to party and have sex with each other, <laughs> or, right? Or, or other people, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, some some people no. definitely use it as a you know vacation. Um, but yeah, I I would advise not doing that because uh, like try yeah, to. Please don't I mean, do that. definitely enjoy your time off, like when you have it. But you know. It, get to know the teachers you work with. Like I know I got invited to different things that they would do. Like one teacher was really into running and I'm not really into like running, but I just went, you know, just cause whatever. I, I, uh, I even met some other people locally that I went to a gym there and, um, they were super nice to me at that gym. They, the, a group of them took me mountain climbing and I got to climb Mount Nasu Shiobara. Wow. It's a, it's a pretty big mountain in okay. um, Tochigi Prefecture. And that was an awesome experience. And, you know, I got to do that with, like, just local people I met there. Um, and, uh, you know, basically what I'm saying is don't just drink and 
party because like i mean go ahead and do that but do that with you know with the with the locals or uh, or with teachers like i know the teachers yeah. at my main high school because i would be there 3 days out of week um yeah, so was my main home base uh they would invite me all the time in the middle of the week they'd go karaoke drinking eat ramen they would do all the way to like uh what do you call it like the sanji kai you know like like they'd go like if you think you're done <laughs> sanji kai the third party second party third party <clears throat> so like honestly and then my japanese improved a lot just from from being around them in those types of situations and having to use it um i just you know i really wanted to immerse myself and take full advantage of that, that opportunity. And then like Mike was saying about extracurricular stuff, like go ahead and ask whatever you're interested in. They have, um, flower arrangement club. They have a tea ceremony club They're, They have boxing. They got, uh, kendo, kudo. Um, I mean the school schools will have different things, but most schools have those basic things, you know, um, like definitely, yeah. Uh, that was fantastic. Yeah, lots of opportunities, right? Like, uh, I mean, I helped coach the softball teams in two of my schools. Like when I wasn't doing martial arts, uh, where the kids had some sort of shi or tournament that I couldn't join in on or, or like watch, then I would, uh, you know, I would go help them out. Um, like you were lucky because back to being invited to parties, like I was rarely invited to any nomikais. Like I think I went to one or two in five years. Yeah, they years. told me they don't normally. So they just—I don't know why they just did that with me. <laughs> like they—they they told me they don't normally do that with the other jets. Yeah. Well, you spoke Japanese. Sure did that make that a made difference? A huge difference. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and 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 to be fair, like some of my friends who didn't speak Japanese that well were still invited. And other parts of Ibaraki, for some reason, maybe they just knew I was like into martial arts and uh, maybe I was just too busy with my club activities to join. So that could have been a reason. I mean, also, um, like, do you know that they did that? Like, I don't think every group of teachers does that either, right? Like, the group, like, the guy I worked with drank a lot. Like, the main, the head teacher, mm-hmm. like, that's what he loved doing. And he <laughs> was the senpai of everybody else. So if he yeah. wanted to, like, you know. I think they had to go do it. Yeah. Like explain that senpai kohai thing to me. Oh, Maybe shit. a lot of people aren't aware of that. Even fucking understand it. But just to me, it seems like people who have seniority can kind of just tell people who are beneath them to uh, yep. do what they want. <laughs> I mean, that's just what it looks like. Yeah, kind me. of right. Yeah. Like they're like, and, and you saw that with the kids too. Like I would see it in sports clubs like baseball. Like they had the senpai and the kohai, man. And you had to listen to your senpai. Like you had no choice. Yeah. And so some crazy some shit can happen because of that. Use that relationship. <laughs> um, mm. But yeah, no, that's one part that I, I don't really like that part of it. Because I've seen it abused. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's not fun for the person who... Who's getting to, <laughs> getting told what to do by like an, an older boss? Yeah, getting the end like of that. that. Um, oh. Anyway, uh, 
But on the flip side, like if you get someone good though, they're they're awesome because they're there to help you out. Like they're your your guide. You know, they've been through everything already. So yeah, I mean, that's ideally, kind of that's nice what part. it would be, and and it is that way. You know, for some, for maybe most situations, I hope. Um, no, but I yeah. yeah so like, um, what were we talking about again? <laughs> <laughs> shit i don't know i'm gonna take a drink again here so oh yeah hmm. well let's um like when you first got to japan what were your like feelings about your placement or your situation or like what were you um, feeling just excited like you know just kind of taking everything in um trying to figure out uh, you know studying a map of the area to figure out the places i needed to go to get you know groceries or home like it's not Home Depot. What is it? Super Viva Home or there's different ones, you know? Um, yeah. Like those yeah. home stores. Yeah. Those are great. Yeah, and just trying to get a lay of the land, bus stops yeah. and, and uh, train stations and all that. Nice. Nice. Yeah, me too. I was excited. Like for me, I'd never been to Japan. So when I was in orientation in KO Plaza, like I was a little bit blown away. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, you know, look at all these beautiful women, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> look at, look at all these high schoolers walking around in uniforms. Like, um, you know, look at all these salary men in their suits. Like it was, it was a bit overwhelming. I felt like, uh, you know, it's very different scenery than uh, like where I'm from. You know, I live in, I grew up in a place like, uh, that's very spread out and there's not a lot of tall buildings and you need a car to get around. So for me, I loved how compact things felt in Japan because I felt everything was within walking distance. So I loved walking places or riding my bike. Um, even though, you know, actually, yeah, because you miss that, don't do that and kind of sucks. Because uh, you just get you, you, Japan is just so convenient in many ways. Um, with with how close everything is, like everything I needed was wasn't too far. It felt like, um, and where I live now, everything is really far apart. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, drive everywhere. Yep, like at you? home. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, I got to get my car and drive to the grocery store. You know, it takes like five, ten minutes. Uh, I mean, I, I like the kombinis in Japan because, you know, I had one two minutes from my apartment, like just a two minute walk. Oh, and dude, you can buy anything you need there milk, eggs. You just reminded me because, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, like the Nikuman. Um, I'd get that all the time. Oh, go in there, get Nikuman. coffee, get Nikuman. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nikuman's are like a rice. Like a rice, uh, steamed rice with like. I thought it was flour. It, right? So uh, I don't know. Is I've it flour? It myself, Maybe it is. But it looks like flour with like filling. It's like delicious. It, it could though. be meat. It could be other things. I don't know. Pizza mon. Yeah. They had pizza at mine. <laughs> they had pizza mon, man. They're awesome. If you ever go, you know, when you get to your post, go get one of those at a kombini. Mm-hmm. It'll change your life. <laughs> fantastic yep nah you know there's alcohol in every kabini so if you like to drink you know it's easy you can you know they had vending machines of alcohol there for god's sake um 
And again, I miss vending yeah, machines. Actually, Don't that's you? another thing that I haven't thought about in a long time. I mean, I haven't been to Japan in like four or five years. So, yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Stupid pandemic, man. Ruined everything. Yeah. It's like, we were going to go back to visit dude, too, but I, her, like, my wife's parents were like, maybe yeah. you should wait a little bit longer because of COVID. So. Hmm. Yeah. It's probably wise. So tell me more about your wife, man. Um, How did you guys we meet? Met, uh, in Tokyo. Um, you know, we just had been okay. talking through a language exchange app called Mixer. Um, and then nice. we just, you know, uh, eventually decided to meet and then went on a date in Tokyo. And then, you know, just kind of went from there. Yeah. That was <laughs> it. You hit it off. Awesome. And that's that's something we have in common. Like both of us have Japanese wives. So... You know, my wife is amazing too. Um, her name is Mizuho. No, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I had to. <laughs> no, I. You know, it's funny because I met my wife at a guest house. It was called the Bonsai Guest House. Like very <laughs> stereotypical, right? <laughs> like a name for for a hotel. So, uh, guest house is like a, a small hotel. Um, it's cheap to stay there. Very clean, usually. But uh, sometimes in a group room, you could pay a little extra to have, uh, you know, a single. And I went to visit a bunch of my judo friends. You went to that. There's like a judo or martial arts university in Japan, Kokusai Budo. We went to, we went to like that a together, right? Uh, seminar, I think. Yep. Um, that guy, what's his name? He he does. Uh, he's famous for kendo. Uh, the foreigner. Um, he was there. Oh, you talk. Okay, yeah. Um, it was cool though because he was. No, I can't remember. Remember, he woke everybody right up. He's like, "All right, you bastards, get up and go to." The- <laughs> like, you remember that? <laughs> get yeah. up, you. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. Was like, get yeah, the hell yeah, up. Was, it was We're gonna go it was train. Basically, camp was guest uh, crew, or how, how, is that how it was? What they call it? Um, I just it's like for, a for camp. What? I forgot the word for it. Like the, the kind of. Thing we went to there's a specific word for it but i can't remember oh shoot i can't remember either i mean it was just uh oh yeah you're right i, I mean it was a th- it was basically just a three-day seminar mm-hmm. for foreigners in japan to do martial arts but it was amazing i i, I always like going oh, to i went wait, three I times so yeah i did i went three times i was twice before that and then the last time was with you um so, but, but to bring this back to wives, like my, I, I was in line one day getting food and, um, I looked over and a girl was wearing a roster Institute of technology shirt. So that's a RIT is a tech university in my city. And, you know, I got to be friends with that girl and she was in judo and she came with a whole bunch of friends that were doing judo foreigners and I ended up going to Osaka and stayed in that bonsai guest house. And I made friends with the girl at the desk and then we had a, like a foreigner night. And then she ended up introducing me to my wife. So you never know who you're going to meet in Japan. Um, that's why I say like, talk to people, get out there. Um, you know, it, I would have, you know, if I, if I'd never got to Japan or never did that seminar, I would have never met my wife. Mm-hmm. So I was very lucky. I feel like, so wait, you and it worked out. 
I met her at a, at a guest house. We we kind of had like an international <clears throat> night. I made uh, mm-hmm. Okinawa rice. So that's like rice with lettuce, um, meat, basically like a, a taco, um, except with rice. And then, you know, you got salsa on there. It's a favorite of, of GIs in, in Okinawa. And made that. And uh, my wife came with another girl that I became friends with. And, and it's funny because I, after five years, like we were kind of just friends and we ended up um, like kind of reconnecting after I left Japan, she came to visit me and, and things kind of started heating up. That's so, oh. and then we ended up How getting long married. You guys been married. Yeah. Yep. So let's see. It's been oh, two and a half years. So, yeah. Yep. And she's, she's awesome. Like she, she's adapted fairly well to America. Um, I think she misses home and, and COVID has been a challenge for us. We actually had to cancel our wedding and wedding, you know, plans and everything because sucks, of COVID. Yeah. So that was a bummer. She, um, yeah. Like yep. is she working or? Yep, she is working right now. She works at a there's a giant chain of grocery stores called Wegmans in our area. Um, it's kind of a higher end sort of mm-hmm. experience, shopping experience, and they have a restaurant. Um, it's called Next Door, and she works there. She's a sushi prep cook, so she gets paid fairly well, and and she likes the job. But I, I think she's gonna end up moving towards. Um, doing like uh, website design, I think she wants to do that more. So oh, cool, she's man. kind of retraining now. Yeah. yeah, yep. She's very good with art; like she can draw all kinds of things. She's got her own oh. manga and stuff. Yeah, uh, that never, she's drawing. Um, so we've never had the opportunity to meet her. I don't know if uh, you guys ever come out to Cali or we go out to New York or whatever. But um, yeah, it'd be cool. I'd be interested to see her her artwork. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, it'd be fun. We should definitely do it. We, we keep saying we want to take more trips, so uh, it would be great to come out and visit you guys. Uh, how about Azumi? How uh, about your wife? What is she doing? Um, doing she does uh, like freelance infographics, uh, graphic design kind of thing. She oh. does some art, like illustration. Nice. Um, you know, she's done some work like that. Some of she, Her clients are all in Japan, and some of her stuff's been published in like some... I don't know what kind of magazine it was, but um, anyway, one of her clients sent it here. But yeah, she does like infographics for for different clients. Yeah, fantastic. See that that's I think our wives would get along because they have similar interests and work stuff. So sweet. How about you, Cisco? Like, uh, um, what are you doing for work when now? I got back. Like I. Uh, was just kind of looking for whatever. Like I didn't really want to teach anymore, uh, at least at that point. And then mm-hmm. um, tried a variety of things. Like I just did whatever I could do for money, dude. Like I installed solar panels in the fucking desert um, just to just to work, wow. just to get something while I figured stuff out. And then uh, I worked in IT for a year. I fucking hated it. Uh yeah, I just really hated it. Dude. Really? Like, I don't know what it, if it's, I don't know what it is. I just, that job's not for me. Um, and mm. I, 
I don't know if it was like project management. I don't even know, dude. I just needed a job and some company hired me and did that for a little bit. But then I settled on, I do, um, I'm an independent adjuster now. So I just work for insurance companies and wow. uh, just uh, kind of investigate like what happened, like figure out who's at fault for car accidents or who's at fault when somebody tries to sue a company. Like let's say they slip and fall or, um, you know, when people file claims and stuff, I have to figure out um, and investigate and, and, and find out all the facts and see if somebody's trying to commit fraud, stuff like that. Did you find like, I know we kind of jumped to the end of jet and, and past that, but like, did you find it was difficult to kind of get work after jet or well, after, kind of, would you feel well, lost? I mean, after, like, after jet, I, away not, from the not teaching. No, it was easy. Like to get work, like after mm-hmm. jet, especially if you're staying in Japan, you know, I'm sure it'll be easy to get a teaching job. Um, at least it was, was for me. Like I, I went from jet and I worked at a university. Um, I was an academic coordinator for an ESL program for a few years. Uh, no, a year and a half, sorry. Uh, and then I moved back to Japan and I taught at a university there for a couple of years. And then I moved back to the States. Um, any teaching related jobs were easy. Um, any jobs outside of that was a crapshoot. Like you're, even if you think that your experience transfers over, um, <laughs> many employers, I, at least in my experience in the States, they might think, oh, okay, it's interesting that you did that, but they may not see the value in it. So, Oh, that's the other thing. If you're on jet and you don't want to be a teacher, then I highly recommend you develop some other skills while you're doing that. Um, Cause you can be in a world of hurt I agree. Know, after you come back. And if that's all you've done and you don't have any other skills, you, you could be fucked. Well, it was, I found it a struggle. Like I, I can see that like people in the military kind of, I feel like go through a similar thing. Like they are doing this job. They're really good at it. They're away from home in foreign countries and things. Then they come back and it, their job doesn't always translate into a civilian job. But like for us, you know, teaching English, I mean, you're building all these international skills you know, we, we did do like I got in some committees that were like planning committees. But when I returned back home, I got looked good on paper. And when I actually applied for jobs, they were like, oh, you know, they always want mountains of experience. And, you know, these transferable skills, like a lot of people just don't see the, the transferable skills being pertinent to career jobs here unfortunately. So I, I totally agree. Like if, if you're planning on a different career outside of teaching, then definitely, you know, prepare yourself for another career after or um, get, get into a company somewhere in Japan if you can. Uh, and they'll train you like here in the U S they don't train. Right. I mean, the like guy found that companies don't want to invest in their employees versus Japan. That does. I mean, so, I, well, I think like, I'm going like, to say play devil's advocate. I think it, I think it, it depends on the company. I, I'm with a, I'm with a really, really good company right now. I suppose like, so, yeah. They've been really good to me. But that's also why I'm state. But I, I, I struggled to find a good company. Like all the other jobs I had before I got this one sucked. <laughs> you know, like 
Yeah, yeah, it's, but, it's know, horrible. It took out there. a while for me to land on this, but now I, I really enjoy what I do because it's the flexibility, and I just kind of set my own hours. And yeah, I mean, I mean, I I make really? myself wow. work Monday to Friday, but but if I want to take a day off or. So long as I complete the tasks that I have, it doesn't matter how many hours I work. <clears throat> so it's yeah, more it's about more, like the project versus you have to be no, here nine to five, too, so Monday through Friday. That's the other beauty of it. Yeah. Oh, so sweet. like, yeah, I would say just nice. You lucked out. It's kind of luck where you end up too, you know, like it's true. Yeah. Yeah. But I felt like, like in jet, where you did the like the folks running jet like the cirs they used to email us with opportunities with like um english like licensing because again not, not everyone's a teacher coming in so they they offered us esl stuff um there was opportunities for like discounts on university classes like were you offering Wait, say that, that again? opportunities what, or just... so it's so like the cirs the um there were people who were like translators for Jet who were working in the main headquarters, uh, like in the prefecture, mm-hmm. the main educational offices. Like they would send us these opportunities like, oh, you know, there's discounts at universities Dis- in Ibaraki. Um, oh, like they give us class take, discounts. Just to take a Japanese class or something? Uh, yeah, or degree programs. Like they, they had degree programs going on for some I of us. Paid attention to that. Like some people were in Maybe college. Maybe they did. I don't know, but they definitely. Um, oh, okay. Would tell you about other jobs, like the CIO. This I don't know if he did it officially or unofficially, but I, uh, the CIR there would give us info about just different things. So. Mm-hmm. Weren't you involved in like uh, what was it some kind of English as a second language like group? I remember you, you emailing me about that. Like, um, wasn't it some kind of professional organization? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like for there's a few ESL. in Japan. There's like JASIT, JAL. There's, um, there's different ones. Um, yeah, yeah. Those. Yeah, I was a part of it. I mean, you just, anybody can. You just pay your membership cool. dues. And then um, they have conferences and um, they have a publication that you can submit research to if, you know, that's the route you're going to go. Did you submit anything to that? I, I thought you were working uh, on something like that. I might be wrong. Published, but it was not with Jal. It was um, with a friend of mine who uh, worked at uh, Ibaraki um, Daigaku. And uh, we, oh, man, it's been okay. so long. <laughs> I think it was related to motivation. <laughs> um, and uh, mm-hmm. that was the only publication I had, though. Okay. That's awesome though. See, I mean, I, again, there, I feel like there's a lot of opportunities. If you look for things, you can find cool stuff to do and you can enhance your resume definitely that way. So nice. Well, let's change gears a little bit. Let talk about school life. What was it like for you at school? Like how many schools did you have? Uh, I had three different schools. Um, the main school I was at three days out of the week. Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and then Wednesday I'd go to a different school, and then Friday I would go to a different school, and it was all high school. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. Yeah, for me, I had four schools. Um, I had a basically all girls school, like it was ninety percent girls. Um, 
I had a mixed school. What was cool is we had industrial and like a university track schools. So, and a mix. So some kids were on track to go to university. Like they had Saturday school. That was Koga Sanko, Koga third high school. Um, then I had Koga Niko, which was a 90% girls school. Mm-hmm. And that was more industrial. So kids were going to factories or working at, you know, just minimum wage jobs. Um, I had Koga Ichiko, which is Koga One, and that was a mix of university and um, and the industrial side. And then I had Sanwa High School, which is very rural. Like kids were uh, kids, kids there just didn't give a shit. A lot of them about English or a lot of other things. They were nice, nice kids, but they just didn't care about education. Uh, it wasn't really relevant to them. So a lot of them came from farming families. Um, so for you, did you have a rural yes, school, school uh, like one that? Of the schools I was at was a rural school, um, and it was harder to teach there, like to have serious English lessons. But it was also fun to be there too because the kids were really, um, yeah, they were just really pure. You know, I, I don't know how else to put it. Like, just very yeah. endearing, and um, they just wanted to. You know, I, I would do sometimes stay after school, maybe help well, like a, a couple of them would be interested in English. So I'd help them with a speech contest or something doing prep for that or uh, cool. some of the kids like judo. So I did judo with them. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just, you know, like you said, it they're more disruptive for sure. You know, they're more wild. Hmm. But yeah. And uh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Still not oh, like the U.S., God, right? No. I mean, did you ever like you you dabbled um, in education, right? No, in I, I I thought about getting a credential, and I was in a program. I took one class, and I said, "Fuck this shit." No, fuck it, dude. No, seriously, you. <laughs> you know, I don't want to get yeah. too political here, but I it just wasn't for me. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I've been subbing, man. I've been a substitute teacher for quite a while now, just trying to find real work, like something I'm passionate about and that will hire me. Like, uh, but you know, the kids are so different here. Like, like they know everything. Like they're all like, like drug wise, like all these drugs. Like we had a kid bringing a gun to school and he was arrested. Like he ran away from security. Um, somehow they were like doing searches and, um, yeah, I mean, I think they're still looking for him or, or else they, they captured him, but, you know, I remember one time it's like you talked about kids being pure and, and a lot of kids were like, I'm sure they went out drinking or smoking or whatever, but it wasn't like here. It was just very different. Um, and the kids like, like I caught one girl smoking a cigarette and I, I took the cigarette from her. Like this is during a festival and I like threw it in the ground and like stomped on it. I was like, you should not be smoking. And she was so pissed. You could see it. But the next day she showed up and like did a really low bow. It was like, <laughs> sumimasen. And, and she was like, I'm, you know, basically I'm sorry. I was so mean, like mean or angry and I should not smoke. And that was it. I mean, she's like, thank you for telling me yeah, not to smoke. Yeah. See, there's just, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I really it was just so different. Like that aspect of of Japan, where um, 
you know, that you're talking about the senpai kohai thing and the hierarchy. And like, there's aspects of that whole dynamic that I hate, but there's also aspects of it that I do appreciate. Like, uh, for example, I think the student doing that, she recognized that you're someone in a position of authority, you're her teacher, and you're only looking out for her best interest. So she she apologized, she paid you respect. Like, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate that aspect of, of uh, the culture. And I'm not saying kids in America wouldn't do that or couldn't do that. I mean, they, they would, some of them would in their own way, it would be different, but, um, but it, yeah, they might also pull yeah, a knife out. Yeah. But to be fair, you know, there's, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've seen teacher, uh, throw a fucking book at a student's head when he was asleep. Um, I, I wasn't there, but I heard a teacher yeah, punching another student because they were they were punching each other. They were fighting. And, and this happened in Japan, and yeah. um, so you know, yeah. I don't want to paint like a this rosy picture, but in general, it's just that I think as foreigners, no. when we experience those things, it, it, it's it's you know it's touching, man. You know, you think it's different than our culture, yeah. and it's. Um, well, we're Americans, so I say our culture. Um, you know, yeah. There's something very, very unique and very mm, nice about it. Yeah, yeah it's different. Mm. I, I think, like, it's like the whole village raises a child type thing in a lot of ways because teachers there have so many more responsibilities. Like, uh, you know, they're looking out for those kids. They're prepping them for jobs. They're helping them with interviews. They're running, you know, after school clubs. Like, I don't know about you, but one of my students got captured <laughs> in a club in Tochigi. I think she was in Utsunomiya. And she was drinking. And, and that comes back to the school. And you hear about that from your teachers and your parents. So the cops call both and it's not like, you know, here I feel like it's so separated, um, you know, and I, I felt like there was more people kind of trying to help guide you in the right direction there. Uh, and the teachers spent significant time and energy, you know, trying to do that. So, and it was kind of nice. I mean, it was, it was different, different culture, you know, um, but interesting. Um, I mean, so let's see, we talked about teachers and stuff. Like like we had a teacher's room. Like were you given a desk? Like what was your situation for that? Like, yeah, I had computers? my own computer and my own desk at my base school. And even when I went to the other schools, they had a desk for me. Um, I don't know if there were com- uh, was a computer. Maybe there was a laptop. Maybe there was something. Um, I don't remember that. But definitely my base school had a computer. And how was... Okay. Yeah, me too. Yep. I had those. I definitely had a laptop in each school. Um, how, how about like planning your teachers? Because I thought that was kind of a weakness of the job program. <laughs> like, like I had so many teachers to plan with. I had four or five teachers in each school, so I had four high schools, oh, like just twenty people. Um, yeah. How did that work for you? It was hit or miss, man. Sometimes it was beautiful. Sometimes it was shit. I mean, like I had – some of the teachers are not interested. Like they – either they don't want to do team teaching or they they just look at your period as a free period where they can sleep in the back of the classroom. 
or uh, but some of them are very involved mm. and work very hard to create a good team teaching a lesson with you. They actually expend energy and time. And I found that those are the ones that are more proficient in English. And it just could be too, like the proficiency level of the teachers you work with, uh, their English proficiency will vary greatly. Um, I'm surprised by that, right? Because their whole job is to teach a language, like a living language. <laughs> um, I mean, what was the proficiency level of most of your most teachers? Of, most of what them do you think? Could, yeah, definitely. High, low, medium? English. They were literate in English. They could read and write well in English, but not all of them could speak well in English um, or listen well. Hmm. And uh, <clears throat> that's what I mean, you know, but um, obviously they know grammar. Obviously, they know how to read and write it, but oh yeah, um, uh, just I think that their speaking and listening ability of the English teacher would be somewhat determined whether or not they would uh, be interested in team teaching or invest energy in it. But that was just my experience. Yeah, mine was similar too. I mean, I had teachers that were very engaged, very interested. And then I had some teachers. I had one guy that was so nervous to teach at me. He would go outside to chain smoke <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. Like he would get scared. He was like, oh my God, like I got to talk to the foreigner now. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was like outside. Yeah. You I could do that there. <laughs> you can? Holy shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. Holy shit. You know, they probably like here in the U S you can't even smoke anywhere. You got to go out like to the street or across the street or something to smoke. And, um, there, yeah, you can still smoke on campus there. Uh, but yeah, it's different, man. Uh, I remember we had a drinking party and they had like a, like a small building, like basically full of tatami mats. And I remember we all came from this nomikai, Maybe it was like the Bo Enkai. And then I was totally unprepared for this. No one told me anything. And we had a drinking party, like people getting trashed, passed out, like mm -hmm. on school grounds. <laughs> um, I mean, that could never, ever happen in America. <laughs> I mean, that teachers, uh, I don't know, such a bizarre party. Like I could only understand maybe 20% of what's going on, but they did like, like, um, it's like these like small like comedy skits and some of them were like dressed like women, like dudes. And they were like acting out these like comedy routines. <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, but everyone was trash other minds and <laughs> it, it was such an interesting night. I mean, just an experience you'd never get in, uh -huh. in the U S as a teacher. Uh, I mean, did, did they do stuff like that for you? Did you, um, did you like, were they yeah, crazy yeah. during drinking I mean, parties? crazy i don't even want to say some of the stuff they did <laughs> no oh, I mean, just go tell us <laughs> jokes off-color jokes and just um people being mm -hmm. just i saw this one teacher we were all sitting at a ramen restaurant and it was the sanjikai and and we were just sitting there and all of a sudden <laughs> this teacher just fucking throws up all over the fucking table and we're all like, what the fuck? Oh we all God. look at each other. And it's I'm the only foreign teacher. Like, it's just Japanese teachers. This guy had gotten so blasted. 
I mean, he just threw up, and he had thrown up as we were walking there. Like, we thought he was done, you know. And he just, all over the table, man. And, and, and you know, just getting uh. a, a task. Um, just, uh, <laughs> you know, just people joking, laughing, um, relieving stress from work. Uh, yeah. That was a big part of it, right? It was like bonding with your coworkers and you could just let loose. But so I had a New Year's Eve party and this one teacher who was looked pretty strict, like didn't really like who frowned at all or kind of joke. He was so plastered and he was hilarious. Like he was, he ended up passed out on the ground. <laughs> they like picked him up and brought him to a cab <laughs> and the cab took him home. But he was like yelling stuff and throwing drinks. Yeah. And then the next no day, nobody the next day. Doesn't said what anything the fuck about happened. it. Like it didn't. It didn't happen. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, it didn't happen, man. Nobody. I. I, I like asked my supervisor. I'm like, uh, you know, is he gonna get fired? Like, <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> like, what the fuck's going on? No, no. They just were like, oh no, he's fine. <laughs> I feel like here people are so touchy in the United States. Like you have to watch every word you say to students and your coworkers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's why I like working on my own. I like, that's why I got this kind of job that I got. Cause just no. being in a company right now, well, I'm the kind of person that I just like to work alone anyway, but you know, there are, I remember being in American companies and just feeling restricted and just really confined to hmm. just interactions are like you said, you got to watch what you say to people. You can't even fucking joke around anymore without somebody getting offended. And um, no. it makes everything very stilted and unnatural. So. I mean, did you feel like a lot of jets I've, I've seen videos that, I mean, did you ever feel like people were like racist towards you because you're, your Dude, most you know, Mexican think I'm heritage white, so, um, at all, or? like, like especially in Japan, most <laughs> okay. people just assume I'm white. The people who have an interest in Spanish will recognize that my name is a Spanish mm-hmm. name, and then they might ask me. But racist, like, mm-hmm. well, even if you're white, I mean, you know, they can discriminate against you because you're not Japanese, I guess. But, um, sure. Uh, I didn't really pay attention to that stuff, dude. Like I, I, I never felt, I never really felt discriminated against there. I know other people have different stories and they fucking say all this stuff that, Oh my God, it, these people were so racist to me, but I never felt that I was singled out for mm-hmm. that reason. Like I didn't either. It's, it's interesting because like you're either a foreigner or you're not. Well, you got to understand right? going in that, yeah, you're so, different. I feel I like mean, it. Of course, you know, you're going into a fucking yeah. mono ethnic culture. You're going to be different. You're not going to be treated the same yeah. way as you are in your home country. Like, so I think people go with the wrong expectations and then they get offended. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep. You just got to be kind of easygoing. And I feel like. You know, I'm I'm a super white guy from the suburbs. <laughs> you know, my parents are from Europe, though, and You're a I slob, guess I have man. a little bit of a different perspective on things. 
yeah, I'm a Slav. I'm Hungarian and Polish. Um, and I'm actually a Polish citizen too. So, you know, it, I speak Polish and, and, you know, I, I guess I have a different perspective on, on things than a lot of Americans do, but Your family escaped you know, communism, I they? felt like sometimes yeah, they did. Yep. And it's, it's scary to see the Russians now driving around in Ukraine. Um, and, and Japan too, like you feel that sense that, that China is like, you know, always testing Japan. So it's and North Korea shooting missiles and things. Like when I was there, they were shooting missiles. Yeah, I've been there Japan. a couple of times. Where uh, so they, kind of scary they stuff. A missile over Japan, and you're kind of like, holy crap! What is? <laughs> you know, hopefully that's. All. I know, right? Like. Oh, and then the world. What's going to so happen? Different. Oh, uh, speaking yeah, of crazy things. Mm-hmm. Like three eleven. Were you no, there for I, Fukushima? I was there before. Came back to the states, and then it happened while I was away. And then, well, I mean, away for years, you know. Like, and then I started the jet program the year mm-hmm. after. Um, after that. Okay. Yeah, because I was there for that. It was scary as hell. Like earthquakes oh, yeah, are going to be a part of your life yeah, they there. Frequently. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. They freak you out because I mean you're from California. Do you feel do you get earthquakes the all the time there or what? Japan, but I have experienced them before, so that wasn't too huge of a deal for me. Okay, yeah, for me it was because I was like, "Holy shit, the the apartment's shaking, <laughs> like it's the end of the world." Um, and then Fukushima happened, and it was almost the end of the world. Didn't you have uh, an earthquake? You know, it was like, it was terrifying for me. Yeah, a couple days, I went like a day or two ago. So, hmm. yeah, yep, it was near (laughs) Fukushima again. So, yeah, I mean, they almost lost Tokyo and stuff. They were talking like that was a possibility uh, at that time. So, very frightening. So, just be aware, you know, earthquakes do happen. Um, Hopefully, there won't be any big ones like 311, but... You know, it's it's survivable. You'll be okay. <laughs> um, hmm. Let's see. Cisco, like, what do you think? What do you think could improve the jet program? Mm. Like, like your experiences there. Like, I, I don't. For me, I felt like a lot of my lessons were all self introduction. Um, you kind of get that because you're doing. You could be doing self introduction lessons for half the year. Um, communication with the teachers wasn't always that great, you know, hit or miss. And it was kind of up to you to do lessons. Like for me, I always tried to tie lessons to grammar so they could have a real understanding of, of actively using it like in communicative activities. So like one-on-one or like group discussions and things like that. So I tried to actually do a real lesson plan, you know, when I went in, but I know a lot of people just do like cultural stuff. Um, did you find that no, to be your experience I also? Lessons and I didn't focus so much on culture. In fact, I probably could have focused more on culture because I know that's one of the one of the things that they uh, they kind of expect and kind of want from you, especially the kids, because like you're different. Like you're not the Japanese teacher; you're, mm-hmm. the, you're the foreign teacher, and you're the fun foreign teacher they yeah, get to see I, like once a you month know, so um, i i had lessons that were focused on i would just ask the teachers okay what do you, what what are you teaching right now whether it be vocabulary or grammar or whatnot <laughs> and then i would um look at the textbook 
especially for schools I'm visiting, I'd have to coordinate this and then just um, try to make a lesson that would uh, kind of supplement or uh, reinforce what they had already been learning grammatically or, like I said, growth gram- mostly grammar vocab um, or listening practice or speaking practice with those grammar vocabulary um, points. But um, Awesome. You're um, a good ALT man. I mean, dude, you got to go in there for 50 minutes of lesson. You got to have something to do. Like, I don't know how you could just do cultural stuff yeah. the whole fucking time. This shit would drive me crazy. Like, a lot of people did that. I, I went to meetings in Ibaraki. Like, we had four meetings a year, and I got the feeling like like some of the activities that other high school jets are doing was like fluff, you know, cultural. Like, they're like, all right, I did a Halloween lesson. Um. And it was kind of like games and stuff. I mean, it, I didn't think it was really connected to real, like, activities. Yeah. So that kind of um, worried me. Keep in mind, man, it's been – one, I haven't taught in, like, four or five years. And then uh, it's yeah. been – since Jet, like, I left in 2014. So it's been a while, you know. Um, so <laughs> – I don't know. I don't know how good my memory is serving me right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like we both were doing like teacher because, you know, all our training was in, in being a teacher. So, um, you know, we had a good, I, I always tried to do like a beginning, middle and end of a lesson, you know, um, warm up activities and again, trying to tie that grammar in. And, and again, you don't have to do that, but I feel like it's more relevant to them. Um, they, our, our prefecture actually gave us a crash course in teaching, which I thought was a good idea because 90% of your job there is going to be actually in a classroom. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I, th- I thought, you know, as, as long as you try your best and, you know, try to come up with fun activities for the kids, mm-hmm. you're going to do okay. So, yep, yep. yeah, it was interesting. So, um, I mean, back to like improving Jet because I, I hear a lot of criticism out there. Like, how how would you improve Jet? Uh, how would you make the experience better for people? people I don't. I haven't paid attention to it in a long time. I've, yeah, I've, I've heard things like, "Well, the you know the Jets don't really do anything um, as far as like in a classroom that's really relevant for the kids." Um, I've I've heard. Japanese people criticize the jet program saying, you know, it's kind of a waste of money. Um, oh, let me think what else. I mean, you know, I, I've heard that. So there's some animosity towards jets because they're making a little more money. Like some teachers are trying to get their teaching license in Japan, but we're paid more than them. So they were upset by that. Um, like, how would you make the experience overall better for people? Like, oh. what do you think could be improved? Go ahead. Like, more, like more training for, for teaching lessons. Well, definitely don't underpay the um, Japanese teachers. That's one thing. So that they're not resentful because, you know, hmm. they, they will be if they're underpaid. Um, especially if the JET, who may or may not be a qualified teacher, is making more than them. Um, so you could fix that problem easily. I mean, budget, you know, depends on the budget, but, um, it is an adjustment they could make. I'd start there. Like, were you happy with the pay there? Were you able to survive on that time? And, um, okay. 
my my skill level as a teacher yeah i was happy with it i mean um it was more than enough i i saved money and i didn't really try to even save that much but i just ended up saving money um but i also don't spend a lot of money i know people some people didn't save anything and i'm like how did you like what did you buy <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like <clears throat> yeah but um, <laughs> yeah right uh so that's one thing as far as like people complaining about it being a waste of money or like jets not really doing anything that's beneficial for the kids uh for the students um it just depends on people's perspective like you know maybe true I, I, I'm, I'm sure some of that criticism is warranted because of um, I've heard some bad stories of some ALTs who were very nonchalant in their their duties. They didn't really take it seriously. They didn't really care. And I mean, did you have did you have ALT like did you have ALTs that did crazy shit that got them fired? Is there anyone like that in your group? I'm trying to think back. I There was one guy who I don't know if he got fired, but he just seemed like an asshole. Like whenever I would see him at the, the prefectural meetings, like he just, the way he carried himself. And I think even the, I don't know if it was a teacher he worked with or like some other teacher I knew that knew him, but basically told me that they hate him at that school, that he, um, he wow. just... He was just look. He was just a jerk. I don't. I don't know how else to say it. I didn't even. But I don't know him personally, so I can't say for sure. But that is what they told me. That he just is extremely rude. Comes in, maybe comes in late. Maybe doesn't dress appropriately. Uh, just not professional. Um, but I don't. I don't even think he was fired. I. I, hmm. I yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Or, or not re-signed or something. Huh. Yeah, I had one guy that got trashed. This is like our first year on jet. Got trashed, got in a car accident. <laughs> and then he, he ended up in jail for like what? six to nine months um, for a D- DWI. Yeah. yeah his, his, I won't name his name. Um, he was actually a pretty nice guy. I he liked him. Jail but, in Japan? You know, I, I didn't really get to know him well. He got yes. fired? He went to jail in Japan. Yes, he did. Yep. And they actually didn't kick him out of the country. I was very shocked time. at that. Um, That's like, nuts, dude. I guess. I mean, he... So it's funny. We went to a, a meeting in a prefecture, and then we went to this bar. There's like a kind of hangout bar for foreigners. Um, and, and be careful with this, guys, out there listening. Because, you know, you go out and drinking... And this is not America where they just let you go. <laughs> like if you get in a car, like we went out drinking all night or what well, he did. I, I ended up going home. So I heard about this later and he got back to his town somehow in a train or someone drove him. He decided not, to, or he decided I'm going to drive home. He, he had an opportunity to call a taxi and all kinds of stuff. He should have done that, but he didn't. And he got in his car and started driving, like rear-ended a lady, like smashed her whole car up. And the cops arrested him. They he went to jail. He got sick in jail and ended up like they ended up extending it to I think it was nine months he was in jail. Um you know, he had his court hearing and everything, and he had to plead guilty. 
like he ended up pleading guilty because that's what you do there. Bow real deep, and he got fined a bunch of money, and you know, I guess just time served and and paying all the fees, which were very high. Uh, like he paid for the cops overtime, his time in jail, the food he ate, like crazy. So please don't drink and drive. And then then after that, we had every meeting they talked about DWI. Don't drink and drive. Like there was a whole speech about it. So. I mean, they, they kind of viewed, I think, I think foreigners get a bad rap like everyone. Cause then they're like, well, are all the other jets drinking and driving too? So it was crazy, man. Crazy. Yeah. So. Unfortunately, I don't know how you stop something like that. Cause you don't know who's mm-hmm. going to do that. Yeah. I mean, you can It's true. try to have a good yep. interview process and everything, but. Um. Yeah, he didn't injure anybody, did he? I'm I'm sure there's like whiplash and all that, but nothing serious where, you know, somebody got hurt for life or something. Uh, but I've heard stories of other jets and other prefectures like mailing drugs, like drugs mailed to them, um, smuggling drugs into the country, and then being arrested. You know, those are serious offenses. Like pot is not like it is in, in the U.S. Like it's legalized in most oh, states yes. now, right? I don't know. I mean, I think in California it's legal. And like, I picture California. Like, are people just shooting I'm, up in the I'm middle of the streets there? <laughs> like, what's going on in California and like, L.A.? Week, I was driving around, and in the middle of the street, I saw people doing. Um, I think they were doing crack or something, like under a tree, like on the side of the of a busy. Good lord. Road. Yeah, just like four guys under just a smoking just crack. crack dude. Um, yeah, no, there's homelessness. Good lord, it's like uh, the third world, man. Like I've never thought I'd see, I'd never thought I'd see wow. America get like that. Like tent cities and stuff. Like I've heard there's like blocks in L.A. where it smells like urine and people just def- defecating in the middle yeah, of the streets. That's, Is that that's I, what's going on there? True. Yeah. Well, Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's not just LA, dude. I, I mean, here over, uh, in New York, California. Yeah. Wow. We don't really get that here in New York state. I mean, New York city is a hellhole, but no offense to people in New York. But you know. Yeah. Like I worry about my wife. Like she's Asian. Like they've had some like hammer attacks and baseball bats and stuff. People, you know, Put people in hospital, killed well, them. I've heard like I've Asian seen people just sitting on a bench. So I don't know what's in, going on uh, there. The park in New York, and then they just get stabbed. It was like in a college area too. Um, just get murdered. Yeah, no, it's not Jesus. good times right now here. Did you see homeless people in Japan? I've what do you think of that? Um, I felt sad. I don't know. Mm. I always feel sad when I see homeless people, but. Uh, mm. Um, Me too. But it didn't seem as per- pervasive, right? Like like when you're riding a train and you look down near the rivers and stuff, sometimes I'd see like a tent village. But you never really – I never ran into homeless people there. Did you? I've seen, like I said, a handful. Um, so not many. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. 
I don't know why it's getting so bad in the States. Like I have Japanese friends that are like, what's going on in America? And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> it's just bananas. So yeah, I hope things improve here. Oh, oh man. So we're, we've got another like 20 so minutes left. Anything else that you want to talk about as far as your experiences? Um, Japan? I mean, like, like uh, sorry, um, I didn't really have much to say to improve the program, but. I don't really know. Like I, for me, like I got, no, it's okay. it and, um, I had a great time. Like I said, it was, jet was my favorite time. Um, like I, I met you there. I met my wife. We knew Arai sensei. Yeah. We did judo in Tochigi. We did judo in Ibaraki. We went down to Chiba. We went to Tokyo and did a, a black belt tournament. Uh, Kodokan, you know, yeah. we got. Oh to yeah, see I forgot Iliadis, about that. Iliadis, the that was fun. We got to see Travis. Yes! Travis. Oh my god! I, I totally. We got to see. We we, got, we did. We went to like Kabuki or something, dude. We did so many things. Uh, or we went to no, we went to a oh, play. And, that was uh, remember we you know we drank, we went out, we yeah. made friends. Remember Kazuma, the guy who ran the bar? I, that dude still messages me, man. Like, yeah. Yeah, he he's married. He's got two. Does kids. he? He's he was cool. Uh, he's younger than us. Yeah. Remember, remember, like rocks. I think it was called Rocks, right? The bar we went to was like a crazy bar oh, in Hoyama. Like corner or something. Yeah, yeah that was I a mean, fun place. I liked it. It's like neon and stuff, crazy know, like, posters. So, that was that, fun. Like, what I'm saying is not related to the jet program itself, but like more of my time on it. I don't know. Hmm? I mean, I don't really know what <laughs> you could you could uh, require the people that you're bringing on the jet program to have like a, a minimum level of Japanese. Like they have to have it and they have to demonstrate it so that they can communicate better. I think that would go a long way. I would. Um, but I agree. I don't know if you're then going to be able to get as many. Like I don't know how many, how many candidates they have like that. So, um, but I hear it's pretty in demand. I mean, there's a lot of people applying. Yeah, it's pretty difficult to get in. So you're right. I mean, having that Japanese ability could definitely improve your overall experience there as a jet. Um, you know, I I kind of regret like. My wife always like yells at me. She's like, "Your Japanese should be so much better, Mike." <laughs> but um, you know, I, I just trained my ass off there. Like six days, seven days a week, I was in a dojo, and uh, I mean, I, I did get a bunch of Japanese, and I tried Japanese lessons and stuff. But it, uh, you know, that really was my main entertainment. I was very focused on that. But I did learn a whole bunch of Japanese through that, so it, it did help me. Uh, but not as far as like I didn't – I think I passed the JLPT4, level 4, and then I kind of didn't continue on with that. So, But it would have definitely improved my my ability to communicate with coworkers and um, even dating girls and things. I think that would have helped a bit. So uh, I don't know. But um, yeah, I agree. Like Japanese might be a way to improve this program a little bit more. Um, and, and just to give people more out of it. So yeah. cool. Um, any 
like kind of let me think. What was I going to say now? Like any any kind of advice to to Jets going in that you would give? Uh, just when you apply, just make sure like you actually read everything. Don't don't not get in because you didn't properly fill out the application. You know that would be heartbreaking uh, if that were the reason why. Um, like uh, my my main advice would be study Japanese. If that's the one thing you take away is like study Japanese a lot before mm. you go as much as you can. Um, study not just the language, but try to understand the culture. Watch shows in Japanese. To try to think in Japanese. Practice as much as you can. Um, and then have a have a strong reason for going. You know, have a like for I know for me, I had always loved Japanese history and martial arts. And so I really wanted to go to Japan to do judo. And I was able to accomplish that dream and even go to, you know, judo's, uh, the headquarters in, in uh, Tokyo with Mike and um, the Kodokan. And so, like, that was really a great experience for me and it really enriched my, my experience and my time while I was there. Um, so if you have something like that, you know, it'll, you need a strong why, like, why are you, why are you learning Japanese? Like, what is it that's going to keep you motivated to push through and know that when you first get there, it's going to be really challenging and really hard and just to hang in there and not give up. Um, even if you get homesick, you'll eventually get over it. No matter how bad it seems, it goes away. Um, Cisco, how do you, that's, you bring something good up. Like, how did you deal with being homesick? I know, you know, you're 2000 miles away. You're in a different country. You know, a lot of people speak English, but you might be somewhere rural. Um, I, I think we all went through these phases of sort of depression and excitement. How, how did you deal with being, you know, homesick or so mm, far away from home? I think I just stayed busy. Like, uh, Either I would be making lessons or I would be doing judo or going to the gym. So lots of exercise, riding my bike, uh, trying to meet people, trying to just get out and take part in different, you know, activities, you know, not turning down invitations from the, from the teachers I work with. Like when they would invite me to go drinking, I like went like probably like a hundred percent of the time. Um, and, uh, just like that, like that really helped me. Like I, I made new connections and new friends and, um, and that, that kept me, uh, sane. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's, that's great. Like, was there like food? Like what was your probably comfort shit. thing probably, that you did? Like, um, probably chocolate, uh, uh, I know Meiji's not an American yeah. brand, obviously, but you know, just chocolate would make me mm-hmm. feel comforted. Or go to Moss Burger, even though we don't have Moss Burger, but it's a burger. So, like, you know, so. Oh, I love um, Moss Burger. But I love Japanese food. Like, I, I need, like, when I came back to America, mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I'd rather eat Japanese food. <laughs> I'd rather eat skimmin or, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh dude. man, skimming ramen. <laughs> well, you're lucky you're in California, so I feel like you have more options than I do in Rochester, well, New York. So, but you know, I, I I went through the same deal because 
you know, I got homesick. I, I kind of stayed busy with martial arts or whatever it was I was doing. And then I'll tell you what, though, there was a Burger King in Shinjuku. <laughs> I feel like food is a comforting thing for a lot of people. I would go get a burger every once in a while there. Like you said, like Moss Burger. Um, that was one of my go-tos. And I found a Polish restaurant in Tokyo. And I would go there and eat pierogies. Pierogies, right? Like those like dumplings. And um, I would eat goumpkis. <laughs> They're like uh, a meat wrapped in uh, cabbage. And just like my mom used to make. And uh, the, the guy that ran a place... Um, I think his name was Marek. So his name's Mark. And he was a Polish dude who moved there. And, you know, he was awesome. He would make me anything I wanted. And um, he actually had some hot Japanese girls that spoke Polish. So I, I felt really at home there. Um, so great, great little restaurant. And ended up closing. But, um, you know, that was a big thing for me. So it's just finding like something delicious that reminds you of home that can make a big difference. And, uh, and mm-hmm. keeping mm-hmm. that depression at bay. Yeah. Right. Um, oh. <laughs> I was going to say something, but this is like PG podcast, huh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Cisco, we can go. No, I'm just going to. If you want. That's all right. <laughs> go rate our man. Um, no problems. All right. No, no, no. Nothing. Uh, like you make that, a Polish joke. I'm a big ball of Polish man. Attacked by you. Um, <laughs> Was it 230? Yeah, I'm like, I'm 240 now. I'm so fat. Like, good lord. I was was like like 215 in Japan. And I I swear to God. Really? Holy shit, you were skinny. Um, I was looking at pictures of myself, and, and Japan makes you thin. Like just we're on like a high carb, high sugar, high fat you know diet in the US with no exercise, right? <clears throat> Niku Chaka. Uh, what are you eating? Yeah. Oh, I love oh. Niku Chaka. I should make the wife make it <laughs> for me. Make her make it. <laughs> no, she loves Japanese food. She, I think she's like homesick sometimes, and she just like cooks Japanese yeah. all the time. So. You know what I started? I, I don't think it's going to be forcing her at all. But um, so then I picked up. Um, mm. I it, it's not Japanese at all. But I just I, I have a smoker, I have a Traeger, and uh, smoke smoke Ooh. ribs, man. Wow. That's like I got to admit, when I was in Japan, I really missed. Ribs. Oh man! I know you can go. You can go to oh, some restaurants. Too. You can find there American restaurants. But... No, I know. Oh, no. oh Cisco, it's not the same. Here. You got to come over. Absolutely. No. Oh shit! <laughs> I, can I buy my plane ticket now? Hey, you know what? Was can you cool? cherry wood smoke um, them I for me? The, um, Inosushi, which is like wild oh. boar. Um, a guy I knew, his wife was oh. uh, friends with a fireman who who went hunting, and he had a permit to have a gun. I'm pretty sure he had a wow. shot. He had buckshot or something. He had a shotgun. And um, he would hunt deer and he would mm-hmm. hunt uh, boar. And this was in this was in Kyushu when I lived in Kyushu for a while. Wow. And uh, he gave me some deer meat and some okay. some boar meat. And I cooked the boar. Um, I gave the deer meat to someone else because it was just so much. Like I, I was no way I was going to be able to cook it all. And uh, that was very, very good. Yeah. Like I loved it. Yeah. Oh, must have been. 
wild boar, man. I had to learn how to. Yeah, there was That's some fantastic. Some of the yeah, the, the food shot in the in the fucking meat. I had to get it out. Uh, <laughs> My yeah, God, it's cool, like eighteen fifty two. Everyone thinks someone has guns, but it, you know, hunters can you get a permit and um, yeah. It's expensive though. It's an expensive, like you have to like buy two different safes to secure ammo and the firearm. And, um, you know, we, we come from such a gun culture here for me, you know, I own firearms. When I got back, I also bought those. So, Oh yeah. Um, Shoot some guns. What do you have? You got, you got guns? Yeah. I got got a Glock 23, man. uh, Any love my Glock. So you just have the Glock and you got other stuff. I got the Glock and a 12 gauge shotgun. I got a Remington. Um, yeah, it's fun. I go out and blast some rounds off, you know. Uh, but a lot, a lot of my friends are cops, so going out with them, they taught me how to, you know, properly handle it and uh, how to shoot properly and safely. So I, I think there's a lot of dummies out there in the U.S., but, um, you know, I'm pretty yeah. safe with the mine, I think. I have a Glock uh, 19 or 17. Yeah. Shit, I forgot. Nice. They're very similar in size. And then I have a 12 gauge. The 40 cal? Sweet. We got basically the same stuff. But um, yeah, guns in Japan, like nobody owns them. Like it's funny because I felt like, a, did anyone ever ask you, like, do you own a gun in the US? I feel like everybody thinks that everyone owns a gun in, in mm. America. I don't know if that ever came up for me. For me, yeah. I mean, maybe it did. Really? Okay. But- it wasn't an issue. Like it didn't come up enough that I would remember it. <laughs> yeah. I remember okay. one person complaining about the portion sizes like, in America and he complained in front of me, but like, I agreed with him. Oh, yeah? I was like, no, I, after coming here, I realized that, he, holy crap, we eat so much. Like if I go out to a restaurant, I always want to tell him, can oh. I just get half of whatever you're going to give me? Cause I'm pretty sure that'll be enough. <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah it's that's funny yeah i i thought about that hard too when i was there and now if i go out i'll just get half take home you know half i'll eat but in japan it's smaller man you, you don't get the same portions at all it is a good thing um, and that's get, probably a good thing you get enough to be full and like when you go out at sit down restaurants i feel like you have more time to kind of chat with your friends and they bring out like small, healthy sort of like edamame or like things like that, where you can like kind of snack on as, as hors d'oeuvres till you get your main meal. Um, and I feel like more things are sort of cooked there versus here. Everything's prepped and you know, you get it in five minutes. Like the, the eating experience is different, right? Like, did you feel that or not? But I'll have to come out there visit you, Cisco. I want to eat some, uh, Freaking delicious yeah, smoked some bomb-ass meat. Mexican food too. That so, make me happy. You got it. and you could make garbage plate. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> I'll make some pierogies awesome. for you. Yeah, I could do a garbage plate for you. Absolutely. All right. Well, it looks like this is all the time we have for today. We've come up to the end. Um, anything uh, no, else you want to add at all, Cisco? Me and uh, good luck to anyone who is uh, applying to the job. All right. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you coming on to the podcast. So, um, you know, if I can get you in again, maybe I'll do like a group a group thing with more Jess. <laughs> and we can all drink or something. That's we'll fun. see. 
All right, Cisco. Well, have a great night. And, folks, thanks for listening to the Jet Jump Seat. I hope you all have a wonderful night. Take care.